It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the return of this week in fantasy, uh, week 15 edition. I apologize, it has been a real sporadic season for this week in fantasy, but um, Sigmund and I have uh, one time a week that we can make it happen together, and both of us have had some issues. Obviously, my first season as a father has uh, certainly played a role. I've had some more obligations than expected, but um, to anyone who's stuck with it and uh, hung with us, we really appreciate it. As uh, honestly, I, I just I make it happen when I can, just because I want to talk to Sigmund. So the fact that anyone actually listens to us talk is uh, is very cool. So with that in mind, let's get to it. As always, it is my distinct pleasure. I know we've been a uh, Hit or miss yeah. this season compared to others, but um, uh, it's always a pleasure when I get the opportunity to spend a few minutes or an hour talking with my good buddy, the one, the only from footballguys.com, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund, what's up, brother? Hey, and you know, down here in New Orleans, we call it Lanyap. If I'm saying, I hope I'm saying that right. It's a little extra. Like you and I getting to do this show uh, is a little extra. I know for us, it doesn't feel like work. But because of that, sometimes the schedule and having children don't have children, folks. Uh, but especially because <laughs> it you know just really puts a cramp in your style. But especially, uh, don't play fantasy football. Fantasy football, stupid. You know, <laughs> I mean, why would we have these leagues that we pay attention to for months so that the weeks that decide them are the weeks that everyone's hurt and on injured reserve and teams are bipolar. And we don't know what we're going to get. Uh, but, I mean, I'd imagine your listeners, a lot of them Eagles fans, feel like, why am I caring so much about the Eagles? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, hey, does it feel that different than it did two years ago at this time of year? You know? Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. Close. I know right. that when injury makes a little, you're like, oh, but still, it definitely does. Well, they can get the <laughs> tournament. You never know. I mean, anything could happen. So it's very fair. The season was on the line, and it stayed alive. Like many other people, maybe some people had Zach Ertzin to push them through to the next round. It's a good so, point. Maybe, maybe someone started Boston Scott segment. Man, if that's <laughs> that person. Uh, me too. So, like 001 percent of fantasy leagues, Boston Scott got like a thirty-two team league. Maybe he's making right what my, Ryan Motes. He's finishing the business that Ryan Motes started. Oh my God, he's better than Ryan Motes ever was. Louisiana here, Tech backs. He takes the tour. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. How yeah. about that? That's mm-hmm. good work right there. Uh, you are in Louisiana, so I guess this is your job to get these things right. So uh, you know, again, football is <laughs> ridiculous. Don't ask me for advice. I actually, I, I take that back. To ask me for advice, it's my job, and I'll be uh, your scapegoat. Basically, everyone needs a scapegoat. That's I like what I'm it. here for in week 15. 
Yep, it was Sigmund's fault. That's why I lost. Yeah. I'm going to put it all on. I think that's good. People need that because yeah, exactly, it's a as service you said, people would pay for in life. I I agree fault. with you. I agree. And to your point about it, like it is, you're right. It's so silly, and not just that we do it, but that how much we put of ourselves and invest of ourselves. It's almost like our self worth right. is derived by how these silly groupings of players that are, in some cases, arbitrary or luck driven end up doing in a given week really drives our lives in a yeah. lot of ways is uh it's crazy Sigmund. with that it's said crazy. let's break down the week 15 slate boom yeah. i love it i love it all right let's dive in uh we'll go through every game on the slate a massive week for most people it is the semi-final round of your playoffs unless you are even dumber than everyone we were just talking about in your league that goes to week 17, but, you know, that, that's, that's truly your fault. embracing the chaos. When you have the yeah, 17 just, Super Bowl, you know going in that chaos is going to decide your champion. It's just crazy. It, it's so crazy. So we're uh, hopefully talking to a lot of people who are not doing that, but if you're still alive and you will be in the playoffs either way. So uh, we'll go through every game on the slate, and then we'll have a little fun wrapping up the Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom segment for the season. Coming up a little bit later as uh, true to form with our offbeat schedule. This will be our last one of the season, but uh, maybe Sigmund and I will find a way to just like release a yeah. random podcast of the the talks that we have before, and we'll just Let's I'll just call it. you for like forty five minutes, and we'll just I'm talk in. about whatever happens, then we'll put it out. I okay, am 100% I'm, I'm I'm legit holding you to this. All right, let's dive in and later we'll have a little fun, Sigmund. Um, uh, big week, obviously, both in the NFL and in fantasy. So let's dive in, starting with uh, I look at this first game and Sigmund. It's a game that uh, didn't have much intrigue before as a good team against a bad team, but yeah, well, yeah. interesting now. How about those? Cheating Patriots yep. heading in. They're on to Cincinnati, but a whole lot else swirling around this one. What do you think about the game and, and also, obviously, the whole situation? Yeah, well, the, on the situation really quickly. I don't want to belabor this, but I see it as a flip in the psychology, okay? Because the Patriots had always been seen as having some sort of edge, and I think it worked psychologically against the opponent because then as soon as things will start to go wrong especially in foxborough it was interesting seeing after last week patriots fans also complaining about the refs in foxborough it usually goes the other way so maybe some forces in the universe are starting to turn um so i saw the patriots as getting in the heads of their opponents without even doing anything because as soon as things go wrong you're like oh the patriots have got the, you know heads, <laughs> black magic belichickian voodoo you know and now it's like huh they're so pathetic. They think they have to cheat to beat the Bengals, and now, <laughs> right? And now, there's no way they're going to be doing anything. I mean, the scrutiny gets turned up even on another level, and you know, the league may accept their explanation. And it was innocuous, but interesting to say the least. You know, we create these narratives in some ways, and the narratives become self-fulfilling prophecies. Um, the self-fulfilling prophecy narrative in this game might be that the Bengals have extra motivation and kind of treat this as their Super Bowl. Now, if they win another game and the Giants don't win another game. Then they probably lose the number one pick. They probably still get Joe Burrow. And the Giants. Would still I think that yeah. I think they take. Chase. I think the Giants yeah. are going Chase Young either way. But, but but it's a risky look. If you want Joe Burrow and you're the Bengals, it's risky sure, one way or the other. Sure. Because the Giants could trade out. The Giants could do a lot of things. It's they Dave Gettleman. Take fade out, fade out of your hands. Yeah. Great out. point. Dave. You're right. It's Dave Gettleman. They'll probably take someone other than Chase Young right. or Joe Burrow. Right. Right. Another running back. So, uh, <laughs> Joe Mixon, you got to play him. I mean, I know the Patriots. Are the, is the Patriots defense really that good? I don't know, but Joe Mixon's been playing lights out. Play him. Tyler Boyd's probably safe here. Um, uh, John Ross is interesting. Hail Mary play, just because we already know from earlier this year what he can do. And one of the things you need to do this week, 
Look at your side. Look at your opponent's side. See, are you a favorite? Are you an underdog? You know, do you need to shoot for the moon? Do you need to just play it safe this week? You, you can really start to dial that in. On the Patriots side, we're trusting Julian Edelman, and that's it. It's crazy. Uh, Tom Brady. I mean, that's the thing. The Pringles could keep this game. And Pats D, theoretically, well, yeah, could be a, the a good play this week, sure. obviously, yes. But uh, is this Patriots offense going to pull away from anybody? If they're not getting defensive touchdowns or special teams set up touchdowns, then this could be a nip and tuck kind of affair. And Tony Michelle hasn't been running the ball well, and he may get a touchdown or two in this game if the Patriots, you know, if it plays out like the records make it seem like it should. Um, James White, if it does play out that way, then he's not going to be a big part of the game plan. So it's tough to trust anybody. The Patriots' offense, if we take away the defense, remember, wasn't there a point this year when they were defense was had outscored the opponents? Like, oh, yeah. Fences, you know, but what does that leave if you take that away in this offense? Not exactly fertile ground for fantasy. Yeah, it's a great point. I'm with you 100% on that. All right, moving on to the next game. An interesting one as uh, uh, potentially the how, uh, most exciting player in football, not named Lamar Jackson, Jameis Winston. Exciting for different reasons. Anything could happen, segment. Right. Uh, might, not looking good. What do you think about Tampa Bay heading in to take on the David Blau-led Lions? Right. Let's get the Detroit side out of the way first. Kenny Galladay with Marvin Jones on IR, he's just by the sheer force of targets, even in the double teams. And David Blau, he's a chucker. He'll, he doesn't care. He'll make throws. And against Tampa, things can work. Now, Tampa is total mess. Total mess. I mean, I guess you play Chris Godwin no matter what. You know, even if yeah, I think with Evans out, you, pr- you got to play He's going to get a lot of he- targets. But, and then there's a lot of interesting guys. But now, is Jameis Winston going to play? I mean, he's practicing without the football. Ryan Griffith. <laughs> it's always good, right? right. That's what I mean, want. we're just getting ready for the game. I can't actually hold a football. He had a cast on his hand at some public event. And whatever they say, and Bruce Arians is the kind of dude that will let him play. You know, it's not like you can numb up a hand thumb on your throwing hand, though. You know? So no. I don't know. I'm still very wary of thinking that he'll be out there. And he, maybe he could try to go out there, and then you know he hits it on one helmet of an offensive lineman or something. You know what I mean? It's over. Yeah, or even just just the uh, you know yeah exactly, or releases the ball a weird way or whatever. I mean, it's such a risky thing. I to know do. he played well with it last week, so that's what it's just complicated. I, I don't really know. Common sense just tells me quarterback broken thumb, like a fracture, any kind of fracture on your thumb. Yeah, I would think that's uh, common sense. I like that. You know, and the team is letting Ryan Griffin take the first team reps at practice. So I'm probably shying away from the, you know, because there's people thinking, OJ Howard, is it all going to come together? Or Brashad Perryman, Justin Watson Penn. Hey, you know, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. I I do. I'm always in, I wouldn't have the the chutzpah in a, uh, you know, playoff type magic. Maybe you take a DFS Hail Mary in a tournament, but I do love the, you know, second string receivers who are going to get the opportunity yeah. to play with the Greg second Ward. string quarterback, Greg Ward, but especially the guys who are going to get the opportunity oh. to play with the guy they practice with. You know, I always like that as a, as a, like a, a, a lower level reason to make a decision where it's like, all right, well, the backup quarterback's coming in. He knows this guy. Those guys practice together. I always like that. So it is it is interesting. Justin Watson, interesting name. All right, moving on. Uh, we actually have a good game here, Sigmund. Uh, it's an interesting one. The um, somewhat resurgent Chicago Bears with uh, people even saying, is Mitch Trubisky not bad, Sigmund? We never, wouldn't have thought that was a possibility right. a month ago. Taking on the... Um, uh, they keep winning, but they keep seeming 
not that great Green right. Bay Packers. Right. That's the thing here in the story is that Green Bay general likely to be a playoff team, but are they any good? Um, Mitchell Trubisky, is it good if he plays himself into another year of being the Bears quarterback? If you're a Bears fan, you know, Jameis Winston might have already played himself into another year more of being the Tampa quarterback. We're looking at the, you know, we're at that time, James, at the end of the year when we're looking at the overarching over more than one year storylines too with these quarterbacks. But on the micro level, Trubisky's playing well enough that you trust Allen Robinson. I don't think Taylor Gabriel's going to be back. You trust Al, uh, Anthony Miller. It's been working, you know, um, probably not either of the running backs, but you expect success against the Green Bay defense. And Trubisky is a quarterback to super flex type or, you know, DFS playing around, see what you can do there. And really you want Trubisky to play well if you're playing Aaron Rodgers, because Rodgers is been a nightmare for fantasy this year and can't really he's beat up on the easy matchups this is not an easy matchup and i'm I probably i have rogers around quarterback 11 or 12 this week and you can count on Devonte adams you can count on aaron jones and that's it in this offense and aaron Rodgers honestly isn't playing that well right now so he's not instilling confidence on the field he's not instilling confidence for fantasy and if they lose this game, all of a sudden, maybe the division is not assured. Maybe a home game. Yeah, well, they got the Vikings the next week, right. too. That all of a sudden becomes a, a massive exactly, football Exactly, exactly. And the Bears are still alive, too. The Bears still have a pulse. So they do. So this is a fun one. I agree with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. Another one. Looking forward to You wouldn't have thought it, but if I had told you Week 15, the most important divisional game, and yeah. you could argue maybe the most important game of the week. I know your, your team's playing a pretty big one, too, but... The Houston Texans heading in to take on the Ryan Tannehill-led Titans. Right. If I had told you that week one that this game would be potentially the game of the week segment, I don't think you would have believed me. Or Ryan Tannehill was playing his way into the record books. How bad? He's been awesome. How bad is Adam Gase, really? I mean, King, wow. truly I mean, King Midas in reverse, right? Uh, he is a horrendous coach. And the, I really believe that. I mean, now we see what Ryan Tannehill can do and how much was Marcus Mariota holding this offense back. Play Tannehill. I think he's my number four or five quarterback. So, yeah, I think he's a, a must-play. Unless you got like Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you're playing him. Derrick Henry's helping people go to the Fantasy Football Championship. I'm not worried it's, about it. It seems right. like that's what he does every year, right? Like, if you want a yeah. guy to win you a title, you're taking Derrick Henry. Don't overthink it. Play A.J. Brown. All right? I mean, just what more do you want to see from the guy? Plus, it's use in secondary. You see what Drew Locke did against him last week? So... You like your pieces of even Johnny Smith. If you have to dig deep for a tight end, again, Noah Fant running free against Houston last week. Houston seems to think they can just turn it on and off and on, which I don't know. Now this is round one, round two is in week seventeen, and New Orleans is going to play Tennessee in between those games while Houston gets Tampa Bay. So that doesn't necessarily seem level. So maybe Houston thinks they can just turn it on and off again. This is the game in Tennessee. But you're playing Deshaun Watson. You're playing DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know if we're going to see Will Fuller. If we do see him, I don't know if he's trustworthy. If you have to dig really deep, Kiki Cutie. You know, it feels like it should be Duke Johnson. But Duke Johnson means rational coaching from Bill O'Brien. We don't usually get that. Uh, Very rarely, if ever. See the Jalen Strong thread on Twitter, by the way. Jalen Strong no. uh, broke a taboo. I remember Jalen Strong, yeah. He broke sure. a taboo and talked about, he said that his dream of going to the NFL actually made him feel mostly depressed, and he went through each organization he was in and how it went. And basically, oh, wow. yeah, he kind of insinuated that Bill Bryan just was never going to let him climb the depth chart no matter how well he played. Anyway, wow. this is going to be a great one. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'll have to look that up. All right, Sigmund, you mentioned Noah Fant. The Broncos, uh, really, you know, they not you know nothing really to play for, but they're fighting. I think uh, 
there was a time earlier in the season where you're like, wait, is Vic Fangio going to be a one and done? And now I think um, certainly has cemented uh, at least another year there. Uh, the Broncos heading in to take on the, is an interesting one, taking on the Chiefs. Mahomes with the hand thing obviously didn't look quite like Mahomes against the Patriots. Uh, what do you think of this game and how worried are you about Mahomes heading into a massive weekend for his owners potentially? Maybe a little bit, but let's start with Mahomes. There's a way that we can reduce these decisions in fantasy football, life or death, to just why we started playing fantasy football to begin with, which is to feel like you have this guy on your team and you're the coach or you're the GM and you're making the calls. So simulate that. Your season's on the line. Who are you going to trust? I'm going to trust Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I'm going to trust Patrick Mahomes. You know, I'm going to put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands and say, we'll live or die with you. I'm okay with that. I also call it, James, the what can you live with rule. I think I've talked about I like that before. I yeah, can live with, I can live with losing because I put my homes in. I can't live yep. losing because I benched my homes for It's a great point. You know. It's a I mean, is there any like I I I love that rule and people should live by that. And when you're coming down to a decision, you have to be like, all right, like if I if I take the risky shot and I win, that'd be super cool, but how much more painful will right. the loss be? You know, it's a great point. Well, then that kind of embraces intuition. Like why you can't live with certain things is your intuition tells you that's probably not a good idea. Um, and, be, you know, Hill, Kelsey, the Chiefs backfield's a lump of coal. I mean, and now Damian Williams is practicing again. You're not looking at anybody there. McCole Hardman got the touchdown last week. Can always get the big play. Denver has given Mahomes some trouble in the past. Sam was bruised up. But this isn't like a Jameis Winston situation. On the Denver side, what's fun about this one, James, I'm saying that the Broncos are like on a joyride right now. You know, Drew Locke's like the 14-year-old on, in, in without a driver's license, just cruising. You know? <laughs> and he's going home, too. He's from Kansas City. So this is really fun. Um, you can play Cortland Sutton. Philip Lindsay's interesting. Kansas City's defense is kind of coming together under Steve Spagnuolo. That's another thing to think about here, too, is these – coordinators in the first year you know how they say that he's not a rookie you know a player at this point he's not a rookie well this is a new system for some of these teams right they're finding good fits they're finding the play calls that work they're finding the personnel sets that work and things like that so kansas city's defense is coming on um kansas city can still get a bye so this is a pretty big game and uh drew Locke is making one john elway think that he's a football genius again yeah, no, this is you're right. Kansas City is a huge game, especially New England sells to play Buffalo. There's a they could certainly lose a game along the way here. Interesting stuff. All right, taking this last next game, way less interesting, and the only impact it has is on draft order. But the Miami Dolphins had right. to take on the hapless New York Giants. What do you think? It all comes down to Devontae Parker. If he plays some of these field goal drives from last week, turn back into touchdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick becomes more interesting. Patrick Laird becomes more interesting. Um, if not, then you have. Alan Hearns or Isaiah Ford is your Hail Marys. Uh, on the Giants side, it looks like Eli's going to play again. And the, Darius Slayton, you're looking at like A.J. Brown. You know, don't talk yourself out of it. Just we didn't expect it. No one expected it. The Corey Coleman injury ended up being momentous for him, for Slayton. Uh, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Um, you know, Shepard Tate, we may or may not see Evan Ingram. I'm not trusting him in my first week back if he does play. Maybe this is the week that Saquon Barkley really pays off finally on that top three pick you spent on him. So that's the other thing here is these overarching fantasy football narratives. Was it all worth it? What's the big reveal? Well, we'll see on Sunday. Yeah, uh, not not much outside of that to look forward to, though. Uh, speaking of that, uh, another game that really sadly, from my perspective, doesn't have nearly as much yep. fantasy relevance as I would hope. My Eagles taking yep. on Washington. Uh, what, I mean, 
What do you think? I know I know you're starting F one. Outside sure. of that, who do you like in this one? It's at the NFC least the bunch. You know, oh I'll take my a moment. God, out. it is the least with a capital L E A S T. So going back to the Giants Miami game, by the way, even big draft implications. Like if the Giants can win that almost clinches number one for my uh for the Bengals. So did you see the piece that Zach Rosenblatt and there's so many excellent Eagles beat writers. He's an Eagles beat writer, right? Correct. But he wrote a piece about Dave Gettleman. Did you see it? Yeah, it was fascinating. It was really cool that Dave Gettleman yes. was um, a driver's ed teacher in high school way back before he was Dave Gettleman. And it seems like he was beloved. That yeah. He, he was a real people person. Mr. G. Cheese and crackers. So that's much more interesting than anything that's been going on football-wise. <laughs> In the NFC, <laughs> this is why I go it's off on true. It's true. Um, you, Carson Wentz is still going to play, rubbing two sticks together. Well, I mean, rubbing two tight ends and Greg Ward together, but that's yep. enough. And now Boston Scott and Miles Sanders. And hey, I'm not going to talk you out of playing Boston Scott as a flex, or if you're really in a bind for a running back too, because Doug Peterson said he's going to go back to him some. He's in the rotation now, and he's playing well. It's the fresh legs, these guys that haven't been worn down by the grind of the season where the defenses have been. Um, Dallas Goddard's still a low end tight end one here. You have to think he's going to take up some of the slack. If you're really digging deep in a PPR league, it might be a six, seven catch kind of day for Greg Ward. Glad to see him finally get out on the field. Me too. Practice squad management becoming kind of important for the Eagles. Yeah, it's kind of important. It's our whole roster right now, Sigmund. <laughs> or our whole skill position roster. Right, right. It's unbelievable. My steals were similar, although we'll get to that. Um, on the Washington side, Adrian Peterson is going to get 20 carries. Now it's against the Eagles, so it's probably 20 carries for 60 yards, but maybe a touchdown. And we saw Darius Slayton getting free. So that's Terry McLaurin this week. Oh, and, God, that guy is going to murder us. <laughs> so I mean, I have zero faith in our secondary yeah, against a guy like that. I think so. I think this is a Terry McLaurin week. And Washington, you know, they've got, they're feisty. They're not going away. And the Giants wanted to ruin the Eagle season. They're going to want to ruin the Eagle season if the Eagles don't ruin it themselves first. Yeah, I, I let's put it this way. I have zero faith that the Eagles are going into Washington winning this weekend. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. But I do agree with the Boston Scout boy. Look, they, they have to play him. Like, Jordan Howard is not going to play. And the Eagles have one guy on offense who has 4-4 four, four speed. And it's Boston Scott and Miles Sanders. They have two guys. They're both their running backs. That's it. They have two fast guys in the entire offense. So, and they have one healthy wide receiver at the moment. Looks like JJ will play too. But, I mean, Boston Scott will be involved. All right, Sigmund. Uh, this is uh, uh, not a good game, but with the, the quality of the last two, a better one. And certainly some more fantasy relevancy in this one than the last two. Seattle heading in to take on a... Perry uh, uh, fuel led yeah. Carolina Panthers. Right, team. they didn't seem too happy to be uh, not playing for Ron Rivera last week. Um, they did not. Russell Wilson is not an auto start. It is a good matchup for him. Isn't that crazy to think about? I mean, where we were like it's just, it's just being four realistic. weeks ago, he was carrying people to fantasy titles. It's just being realistic. Even Tyler Lockett is not auto start, but I feel better about Tyler Lockett than Russell Wilson. Uh, Lockett saying, we're not even trying for explosive plays. He wasn't even trying to throw the team under the bus. He was just saying, like, that's not our game plan. Oh, God. <laughs> um, DK Metcalf is probably as good a play as Tyler Lockett. Jacob Hollister is still in there. Chris Carson. Chris Carson is going to get 30 carries in this game. And the Panthers are just tired of tackling running backs. You could see it last week. So you have that. Kyle Allen's going to play bad and put up numbers probably. Some to DJ Moore. Some to a tight end, whether it's Ian Thomas or Greg Olson. Olson was back at practice, but still in concussion protocol. So watch that. And Christian McCaffrey, you know, the correct answer was if basically if you took Christian McCaffrey in the first round and you took Lamar Jackson 
whenever you were ready to eighth, ninth round. It really doesn't matter what other picks. You know, you're probably yeah. still alive. Um, yeah. But yeah, Carolina swirling down the drain. David Tepper, billionaire. This is where we get into the it's not a meritocracy, and you can become a billionaire without being smart. Uh-oh. Sorry if I made some enemies Uh-oh. there. Uh-oh. Yeah, we'll see, David Tepper. We'll see how you do with this. Shots fired. Yeah, right. I like it. And David Tepper, a, a loyal listener of the podcast, too. So. Really? Uh-oh. I guess I'm never going to work for him. <laughs> yeah, I could... I can pretty much guarantee David Tepper is not listening to this, so fuck you, David. <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving on to the 4 o'clock slate of games here. Sigmund is at least the NFL has finally listened and given us some 4 o'clock action this week. Uh, two teams who... Um, a month ago, it's like, oh, all right, fringe playoff teams, maybe they got a shot and things have not gone well. Let's say two teams. This one is just a question of these teams get blown out so much. Right. Which one's going to blow the other one out? The Jags taking on the who's got more quit in them, right? Yeah, for real. The Jaguars real. are coming off of one of the historically worst five game stretches of any team ever in any season. This is like wow, John McKay. Is that true? That is wild. Yeah. And jo- this is like John McKay. Like, what do you feel about your team's execution? I'm all for it. You know, that kind of uh, stuff going back. Well, to and the-, the Raiders, maybe with two more weeks, could match that because exactly. the Raiders last three weeks have exactly. been. Exactly. So which trend yeah. is going to win out here? Um, DJ Chark might. He's going to travel with the team. He might play. He's been so good. I'm inclined to say play him just because he's so good. And it's the Raiders. If not, DT Westbrook's interesting. Of course, poor Leonard Fournette. He finally gets everything together and puts together the season of his career for this Jaguar team no one wants to play for tom coughlin i think that's really what it is i think it's just it's like any other organization you know if everyone hates the boss things are going to go downhill pretty quickly mm-hmm. sure um does tom coughlin listen to the show uh and for Oakland, <laughs> josh tom coughlin wouldn't know what a podcast was right. if it hit him over that so <clears throat> josh jacobs is, it sounds like they're gonna let him play i think you have to play him because jacksonville's run defense has been so bad um, you're not trusting anyone else except maybe Darren Waller. But yeah, this is a game that's like a vortex. They call it the black hole, right? And it's kind of sad. It, please tell me this isn't. I want to look this up right now because I'm going to be so sad if this is the last Oh, game. God, this might be. I mean, I, I They were on the road for like a month and a half, right? So, Let's hope they have one more. This is a, it'd be a sad one. It would be really like just terrible. It'd be sad. Uh, just sad. For Oak, Sad's a good word if, for it. If this is the last home game, um, it is. So oh, it's oh. fitting in a way. I don't know. Uh, so it, it's just sad. Yeah. Let's move. Let's turn the page. Cause this is, let's turn the page. Holiday let's turn page. the page. Yes. All right. Uh, to, to, speaking of turning the page, let's talk about the Browns and the Cardinals segment. How about that for a page? Oh, turn? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> it, it's okay. It's rational. I'm giving you permission to bench Odell Beckham. You're still playing Jarvis. Lee. Wow. You're still playing the running back. So, I mean, now we know he has a hernia and it's just, it just hasn't been coming together. Yeah. And, it's a great matchup though, but yeah, that yeah, is, that Baker is, uh, Beacon's not playing great either. He's on the bad. on the Cardinal side, I mean Christian Kirk will get some volume. Otherwise, I'm not really sure who else we're relying on there. You know, I think the Cardinals are looking more. Hey, they got some things to build on, and now they want to. Now they can get maybe make a late run for Chase Young in this one. So yeah, <laughs> they could use him. I'll tell you that much, Sigmund. They could use him. Absolutely, Chase Young and Chandler Jones. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah. So you know, Kyler Murray is looking like a rookie. I'm sure Steve Kime will fuck it up too, though. It's so. true. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure why he's still in that position, but you know, unbelievable. Especially, I mean, that's a, for his on the field work, much less the off the field stuff. But the on the field stuff alone, I can't. The guy was allowed to hire two coaches in two years. Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't. After after taking Josh Rosen with the eighth pick and trading him away, doesn't make sense. Again, don't look. Makes no don't sense. look to NFL owners for sound management. It's a great point. It's a great point. All right, Sigma, let's move on. Uh, this one, at least a. 
Um, we've got a couple. I think the, really the rest of the slate, there's at least some interesting yeah. angles to them. Not many, you know, playoff for bus type matchups, but the Vikings heading in to take on the Chargers, mm-hmm. that's a game that has some fantasy relevancy. How do you see this yeah. one shaking out? Uh, Adam Thielen should be back. I'll trust him because I think they took it slow this time. They did. And I would play Stephon Diggs. I mean, it's just that talent. He's How many games has he already put up this year? Like where he's over 140. He can put that week-winning score up for you, especially against the Chargers. Um, well, the Chargers' defense has gotten a lot better. I shouldn't say that that way, because since Derwin James has been back, their defense has been better. But Thielen being back makes you a little more inclined to play Kirk Cousins. You, I, all the Dalvin Cook scares over. You know, He's still back to being uh, the no-brainer start. On the Chargers' side... It's funny because the Chargers are going to end up looking like one of the best six teams in the AFC at the end of the year, even though they're not going to the playoffs. This is a familiar storyline, right? Um, Phillip Rivers is interesting. I mean, if you're looking at your quarterbacks and he looks like he might be, it's, the Vikings' pass defense is very vulnerable. So Keenan Allen, even Mike Williams, if you're digging a little deep, he had his first touchdown finally. Uh, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. I mean, that's the thing. If you're playing Phillip Rivers, it's a way of getting Eckler and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams into your lineup, you know? Against the Vikings, this could be the shootout. This could be the game that it vastly exceeds the over, and it's just like a 38-35 kind of game. And, of course, Melvin Gordon's still playing well, too. So, um, you know, probably more Vikings fans there than Chargers fans. Chargers get to play Always. 16. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll put you on the spot here. I very rarely sure. ask you my questions about my own teams, yeah. but uh, WIP Fantasy League, 11-2, and two, one Ow. seed, dominant season segment. My team is is really legitimately good, except at the quarterback position. Mm. All my, I'm super deep. I'm, I'm really stacked, but each week I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, and I have Kirk Cousins, and I have Phillip Rivers, and oh. I have Baker Mayfield. Wow. I picked up a third quarterback just to make moves here and op- have options. Baker, I know it's a good matchup. I just don't feel comfortable. For me, it's Rivers or Cousins in my mind. What do you think? Rivers. Rolling on the Rivers. Yeah, really? Wow. Wow. Yeah, because it's Minnesota's. I trust Minnesota's pass defense to not be good. Okay. I trust. um, And we saw these the skill players against the Jags. And, you know, I guess that's the thing. It could be illusion because the Jags are playing so terribly. Um, it's not Baker Mayfield, I don't think. Um, it, yeah, I agree. It, I mean, it could be Kirk Cousins, but that Chargers defense has really come alive. So, but they're, look, they're all ranked between like eleven and twenty in my rankings. Yeah, so yeah, they're all. You're not similar. You're not too far off base to be pondering that one. All right, good. It good. won't matter. Right. The rest of your team is too good. It's really good. It hasn't mattered all year, so I'm hoping it doesn't matter this week. All right, segment. Let's move on. A game that Eagles fans will have a very close eye on, especially if the Eagles can not suck in Washington. The Los Angeles Rams heading in to take on the hated Cowboys. A, uh, a this is a game where neither of these teams living up to expectations, but man, there are a lot of good fantasy players in this one. There are, and I think the Cowboys are another one of those teams that they just do. They even want to play for Jason Garrett. Do they want to play no, for this regime right don't. now. It doesn't seem like it. Um, I still think you got to play Jack. You're playing Zeke. You're playing Cooper. Although, if it's a real tight call and you're coin flipping it, Cooper against Jalen Ramsey and Jack, Dak has been spreading the ball around. So I don't know if Cooper's a must start this week. Um, Does that make Gallup even yeah, more of a play? For I have you this Gallup. Week? I have Gallup just a hair behind Cooper in my projections this week. In my rankings, um, and you know, you're going to have all these other guys, ancillary guys like Randall Cobb and Blake Jarwin and, and Jason Witten to help on the Rams side. Jared Goff's playing well. And Jared Goff has been putting up numbers against the bad defenses. And man, did Dallas look a bad defense last week. So I'm saying Jared Goff. Like if one of your choices that you were giving me was Jared Goff, 
I'd probably see him with Jared Goff. Uh, wow. And How about that? And the picking order now is Woods, then Cup. And then you're not really even looking at Brandon Cooks. And the tight end, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby, how about Westbrook. it? You know, they had two tight ends, and then Everett broke out. Higby got a little dinged up. Everett gets dinged up now. Higby breaks out. So the Rams aren't out of it yet either. You know, the Vikings are going to have a tough game against the Chargers. True. Chargers, True. The Packers went out to that stadium. They got thumped. So, yeah, and look, the Chargers are, I mean, granted it's a horrible team, but the Chargers are coming off their most dominant win of the season right. for whatever that's worth. And the next thing you know. And 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 to be, you mentioned it, but I, I don't think getting Derwin James back can be emphasized enough. That guy's a top 10 defensive player in the sport, in my opinion. The Rams have Wade Phillips. There's a revenge coach narrative for you, right? Um, yes. They have Wade Phillips. Their defense looked very good against Russell Wilson last time we saw them. So, you know, the, this is going to be interesting. The Rams are coming on, becoming a pretty good team again. And well, Dallas is in the NFC East. All right, yeah, well, that's that's true. So they are relevant, sadly. All right, Sigmund, uh, a non-playoff team versus a playoff team in this one, but an interesting one. Uh, the Falcons heading in to take on the Niners. Obviously, the Niners coming off that unbelievable game, the win, the game of the year, all that stuff. But a Niners defense that looked like potentially the best in football, one of the best in football, has not been nearly as good lately. Are you scared to play your Atlanta guys heading in this game, or, or could this be another more of a shootout-type game? I think it could be a high-scoring game for sure. Um, although... Matt Ryan and Richard Sherman's banged up. Both of the San Francisco and New Orleans came out of last week's game, that epic game. Yeah. So banged up, though. Um, I don't think we're going to see Richard Sherman. That makes me not afraid at all of playing Julio Jones. We aren't going to see Calvin Ridley. That could actually help Austin Hooper. Um, Devontae Freeman didn't practice today. I don't know what that means, but it makes me a little less excited to play him, even if he does come back later in the week. On the San Francisco side, it's I love to hear coaches Kyle Shanahan say, he gave us no choice. That's Raheem Mostert. Like, he gave us love no it. choice but to keep playing him. So Love it. I mean, if you're talking about Raheem Mostert, Le'Veon Bell, and you say, "Am I crazy if I play Mostert?" No, you're not crazy. Well, I, I would, I don't even think it's a question. You yeah. play Mostert, and I really don't. If, I, I, Mostert won me my playoff matchup yeah. last week in another league. He was fantastic. They're, so they're going to keep going in that direction. And with Garoppolo, you know, again, James, one of the choices you gave me was Garoppolo. I'd say play Garoppolo with the way that. Would you go Garoppolo over Ryan? I have that decision yeah, in the league. I would because wow, Emmanuel Sanders is playing well. Debo Samuel is playing well. George Kittle is playing well. You're going to get all that. You're going to get Kyle Shanahan's play calling. Atlanta's defense is not good. I know that they did okay against Kyle Allen. So you know, San Francisco still needs everything still nip and tuck at the top of the uh, NFC standing. So they need to stay in the pole position. They still have to play Seattle again, remember? Yeah. So they have to stay in the pole position. They can't fumble anything away. It's too easy. And, you know, Atlanta's had, a, you know, they beat New Orleans earlier this year. So we'll see. Sure. Yeah, in New Orleans. All right. Uh, last one before, uh, or excuse me, no, we're on to the night yes. game segment. How about that? Your squad. Uh, flexed. How about that? Uh, when they were sitting at one and four, did yep. you think that come week 15, your yep. series would be being flexed in in a game against the Bills, no less? Never, never. Wow. Uh, nothing is assured to these teams yet. Even the Bills, after they lost to the Ravens, you know, if they could go two teams, they have New England waiting next week. Uh, and the Steelers just need to keep winning and they can get into the playoffs. They just have to finish with Baltimore. Um, from a fancy perspective, this could be an underachiever kind of game, uh, more of a defensive game. So Josh Allen, his momentum came to a screeching halt last week, including as a runner. And the Steelers aren't going to make things easy for him. Um, if Devin Singletary, Steelers aren't going to make things easy for him. John Brown. Well, see, here's the thing about the Steelers. If the pass rush gets home, uh, you know, they've got TJ Watt. They've got Bud Dupree. They've got these guys. But if it doesn't get home, someone's going to be open. 
and that could be John Brown, probably Cole Beasley, maybe even Dawson Knox. On the Steelers' side, it's a, a mess in a good way. I say that as a Steelers fan. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, practice full. James Conner, practice in full. Now, I don't know if I want to trust these guys the first week back, but it makes it exciting to ponder them in week 16 against the Jets. Um, you know, Even your quarterback two super flex-type leagues, uh, Duck Hodges now has some more players around him, and he looks he, like the game isn't too big for him at all. You get to see that in prime time, and uh, it's it, the you know this is going to be a very entertaining game. But I think maybe a sixteen thirteen kind of game, field position, maybe a defensive score deciding this one. Not the most exciting football, but December football and maybe playoff football. Yeah, it's. Uh... Did not see this coming, segment. No. It's uh, it's it's interesting. I like Duck a lot. Uh, I think, uh, like you said, especially compared to Mason Rudolph, oh. one of those two guys, one of those two guys looks like they can play the quarterback position in the right. NFL, and the other doesn't. And that's what it comes out. One doesn't look. One looks terrified, you know. And not because Miles Garrett is swinging a helmet. <laughs> his head. Sorry, I had to. Had to. All right, one more segment. We go from your squad to your. Home squad now as the Colts heading into New Orleans on Monday night. Like you said, Saints banged up. Um, Colts are banged up too, and not a lot. Of, you know, Zach Pascal, their go-to uh, weapon in the passing game. If Ty is not healthy, what do you think of this one? Yeah, Indy's going down the drain here. I mean, it's yeah, just, I think so too. Uh, New Orleans needs a statement game from their defense after what happened last week. Just complete and utter breakdowns. Now, Marcus Davenport's out for the year. Now, Sheldon Rankins is out for the year. It's not good, but I just Indy just doesn't have the firepower. I mean, maybe if they get a little creative with someone like Naeem Hines. You mentioned Zach Pascal; he'll get targets. Although, will he also get a lot of Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Johnson? There's a former Eagle for you, Frank Reich knew about. Yeah, how about that part I, of the uh, Eagles the, could uh, use which, Johnson right now. By the way, that was part of the Michael Bennett trade. Yeah, originally I think, and then got moved to Indy or whatever. Yeah, anyway, they could. Use it's unbelievable. Him. Um, they need. That's exactly the kind of element they. Yeah, of course using. they could use him. Oh my God, are you kidding me? He'd be the uh, number one receiver right now, and and he'd also have that four four speed. So you know, uh, Jack Doyle. I mean, on the New Orleans side, Latavius Murray looks better than Alvin Kamara. I don't know if Sean Payton's going to see that and adjust the game plan. Uh, Murray's more of what the heck flex, and Kamara's still the guy in your lineup. And, of course, Michael Thomas, March to beat Marvin Harrison's record. That's, you know, both of us are relevant. I know Harrison's a Philly guy, um, but also Syracuse. Uh, so um, it was, he was playing there whenever I was there. Uh, but yeah, I think New Orleans get things back on track. Still got to get a bye. Still got to get these wins. And for the Colts, it's time to make some decisions. A lot of interesting quarterback decisions coming up this offseason, including for the Colts. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. And to your point about Michael Thomas, really, you mentioned McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson. I think you would add Michael Thomas as like the yeah. the third most consistent go to fantasy option this year. Like if you're choosing a fantasy MVP for the season, I think it's one of those three guys. So uh, fascinating. All right, again, follow us work at footballguys.com. I used his FanDuel uh, League Dominator last week, got me my Sweet. FanDuel lineup for me. Uh, check it out. There's a lot of awesome stuff there and um, for the offseason and moving forward. So it's certainly worth the price. And, uh, of course, at Sigmund Bloom on Twitter. All right, Sigmund, the uh, the finale. Here we go. Inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom. I didn't realize it was going to be the finale heading in. So I've only adjusted one question that, that I would have asked next week. Um, but um, let's have a little fun. These questions are all literally just things that are going on that I hit on, like things that popped in my head or whatever. There's really, sometimes there's a, a, a theme there is not this week. So, but I like them all. So let's have a little fun segment. Uh, question number one, uh, Greta Thunberg, Thornburg, however yeah. you say it, named times person of the year, Sigmund, forget that 
You're Time Magazine. You're in charge. Who's the person of the year? Lil Nas X. That's a great answer. Captured. That is a great answer segment. Captured the hearts and minds of the children of America. I believe the children are our future, and they love Old Town Road. That makes him the person of the year. Yeah, and he also came out, which is something you don't see in that industry as much. You know, obviously things are changing and all that, but I, I think that was a, a – it's a great answer. I think Lil Nas had a really amazing year. year. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> really, really great answer. All right, question number two. If you could live in any fictional world, live there, yeah. spend a day there, yeah, yeah. however you want to take it, what fictional world would you choose? Uh, the first one that popped in my head is Oz, you know? Oh, that'd be cool. Well, I guess, yeah. But doesn't Oz seem like a place that you'll find what you're looking for in the end? Yeah, that's the point of that's the point of it, right? Right. I mean, it's a maybe it's what this simulation, this construct that we're in, is all about. You know, <laughs> I've been a fan of saying that a lot this year. You'll find it's what good. You're well, it's been a year for that. Yeah, you find what you're looking for, which you know, some things, some mindsets are their own punishment, some are their own reward. Um, I just know that that movie, speaking of capturing the hearts and minds of youth, I remember that movie so vividly. And even though it seemed like a scary place at time, Oz was also a place, it's like the Disney movie theme, right? Because a kid can be in charge there, right? Like a kid is super powerful there. Like Dorothy just with her pure heart just goes and uh, turns that place upside down. So yeah, Oz seems like a fun place. You might have to change your The Universe Winks at Us to The Simulation Winks at Us, though, segment. Mm, I think that yeah, might have to be your new right. catchphrase. That's now. a good point. Thank you. Uh, all right, two more. Uh, we mentioned, uh, uh, obviously, if you listen to the show at all, you know that both segment and I. Fans of Fish, the band, of course, and Fish just did a really cool thing. They played at the Met in Philly for the Philly peeps listening to this. You know, an awesome, super tiny venue, the tiniest venue they played in in 20 years. Um, so based off that, and I know... Uh, we were both jealous of everyone who got to be at that show. What is your coolest seeing a band or artist, and it could have been before they got big or when they were big and they played a small place, whatever you want to go with, but seeing a band or artist in way too small a venue ultimately for what they are or, or would become? Wow. Story. Wow. That's tough, man. That's really, really tough. Um, and I know that bands and artists that might be a big deal to me might not be a big deal to other people, you know? Uh, uh, this is called Inside the Mind of Sing Blue, yeah. so who cares about everybody else? I mean, we always go with the, uh, you know, I mean, that's what we do. Well, it's about you, Sigmund. I'll tell you what. This is opening up and, and, and bearing your soul here. Yeah, I'll tell you what popped into my head, because um, my lovely wife, Kate, is here in the room, and I'll recount this story. Ah, hey, Kate. Yeah, James says hi. Um, <laughs> so uh, we've talked about the internet and feel good. You know, yes, which is fantastic. Like by the way, I I I loved it. Is it like I loved it? You've heard before? No, never in my life. It's I've just never like chill like so it. hard. You know, I it chills. It's a great way. To, I've never anything like it in my life. It's fantastic. So the internet really captured my fancy when I the first time I heard that album. It was actually Rest in Peace, Mac Miller. Um, it was a song with Mac Miller guesting that I first heard on the Charles Peterson Worldwide. And uh, when I lived in Austin, when South by Southwest would start we were always really excited to go through all the music listings and see, we know what little hidden nuggets were in there. Things we could see, like, I don't think we got to see Lizzo, but Lizzo was all over the place. I saw no name. She just actually decided to hang it up. I think, um, at these small little venues, but, um, all out of nowhere, Kate was so excited. She woke me up in the middle of the night to tell me the internet was going to play at urban outfitters. What? At this little courtyard outside of urban outfitters. 
and they did a free show um, on a Saturday afternoon. I think we sat outside for four hours to make sure we were at the front of the line so we could get in. There were people in the parking garages and buildings all around. This is on the drag for folks that could wow. go to Austin. Uh, the, like the main drag of... Uh, yeah, yeah. Was it 6th Street or something like that? Well, it's the UT Guadalupe. Uh, it's the okay. street that, is, okay. that has all the businesses and stuff for the students. Uh, hence Urban Outfitters. So it was surreal. Yeah. I mean, it was just incredible. We were, you know, right front and center, like make eye contact with the musicians. And uh, it was just, tr- it was truly surreal and tremendous. But then I, I think about some of the things that have happened in New Orleans in terms of music. And that's like a daily occurrence, you know, something yeah, surreal, right? Yeah, and uncanny. Uh, but that's it, man. Uh, the that's internet, awesome. Urban Outfitters. I love that, and it's good on theme. Is the internet a uh, uh, a theme of of some of these inside the mind of Sigmund Blooms this season? All right, last one. And uh, as we're wrapping up the fantasy season here, and uh, this is a question I would ask next week, but um, I always give you a chance, to just kind of. You know, say whatever you want sure. to the to the listeners, but I will also add in as uh, as we're wrapping up the fantasy season. Um, shout out to fantasy, someone in fantasy that you're thankful for, or someone you might think doesn't get enough uh, uh, credit sure. or something like sure. that. Let's. I, I, one of my favorite things about working in the fantasy industry, and I don't do as much in it as I used to, but it's of any place I've ever worked, of any industry I've ever worked, it is the most loving the most where people want to help each other where people go out of their way to for free help each other and all this type of stuff so in that spirit uh say what you want about fantasy football and say what you want about someone in the industry yeah well in terms of fantasy football just what you were talking about i mean it is a place i still think fantasy football is mainly like and there's lots of um females kicking ass in fantasy football go for it Mm -hmm. but it's therapy for men right it's a place and it's like me and you man like we can get touchy feely we can actually let our guard down and emotionally lick our wounds a little bit um and it it, it reminds me too of like when a baby is born everyone's like do you need anything do you need anything do you need this do you need that and like it's like the fantasy teams are like the babies being born you know (laughs) do you need anything to help the team but really it extends to life too and the way people will help each other out uh and we all really just want to help people and i'll just say something that i probably have said on this show before i know i've said on my show a lot which is when you the one thing all and anytime i say something that's advice for people i really mean it for myself the one thing we the one mistake we all make is we don't ask for help enough and when you ask someone for help you're not a burden you're actually doing them a favor because you give them a chance to help somebody they care about. You let them have grace flow through them. We all just want to have a positive influence. At least those of us that still have souls want to have a positive influence on the people around us. You know, like their lives are better for us being in it, right? So when you ask someone for help, you give them a chance to do that. Um, And I think it's something that we all just want to be more involved in each other's lives in a good way. And fantasy gives us that handshake to do that when really we just want to make friends you know have companions along the way Mm -hmm. um as far as somebody i want to shout out in the fantasy industry just uh to appreciate and work well you know um wow it's tough i mean it's just it's recency bias because i just talked to him uh on yesterday on my show but it's bob harris and i don't know if you got fantasy sports hall of famer bob harris but the thing about bob is he just he he reminds me of like a a guru or a monk who's achieved that highest level of consciousness where he just radiates light. I mean he he's he's such a positive person 
and he's um you know he's unflappable and even like so joe bryant and david dodds who gave me my shot at football guys and i'm forever thankful to them you know there was the original internet gold rush someone needs to do this by the way and maybe i'll try to pull it together like an like, oral history, history or something football. oh yeah, yeah. my god it would be amazing i mean it also would be scandalous too because for some of these folks if you go back far enough there'll be someone you know somebody screwed them like somebody oh, uh, uh, of course and they, for sure and they still occupy the same space but uh, joe and david were even helped by bob harris you know what i'm saying like bob harris launched the first wave of the internet fantasy football and he's very humble and very kind about it all he doesn't have any ego about it he doesn't think anybody should put more weight into what he says he doesn't want anybody to treat him like some sort of special royalty or something he just enjoys getting to do what he does i'm pleased that i've had a chance to hang out with him a few times in albuquerque where he lives where my dad lives um and uh, you know, I'm great that I, I feel great that I can call him a friend. I feel great that I can call you a friend, James, and that through this mutual uh, session with football, really what we find, it is really about the friends we make along the way. It is. Yeah, it really is. And and I, uh, you know, I feel incredibly grateful that I get to even talk to you once a week, much less call your friend. And uh, I'm sad it's coming to an end for this season, Sigmund, but there will be more podcasts, more talking along the way, my friend. The Eagles fan in you is not sad that it's coming to an end this season. No, well, that's a different thing. Yeah, we'll pick I'm, up- sad that, I'm sad you and me yeah. talking about foot fantasy football is coming to an end. I'm ready for the yeah, Eagles to maybe come. Maybe that's the final <laughs> note. Maybe the final note is like all the people that we bring into our lives during football season, we find ways to keep uh, them in our lives when it's not football season and maybe find ways to keep more people in our lives during football season. Uh, that's a great point, man. Yes, sir. It's a great point. Awesome. Well, Sigmund, for everything all season long, I know we, we missed some times and all that, but but every time we got to do it, it was a, a highlight of the season for me. So thanks, brother. Always a pleasure. Thanks, James. Just the best. Awesome stuff. Uh, we will miss Sigmund. Uh, until next season, I am going to figure out a way to talk to him. We're going to do some sort of podcast about something for something. Because as I said in the open, uh, you know, I just I do this so I can talk to Sigmund. That, that's really the main reason. And, uh, and the fact that anyone listens and appreciates it means the world. So um, until the next time uh, with Sigmund Bloom. And, of course, I'll be all over the place on other things as go-birds and all that stuff. So, uh, so stay with me. But um, ultimately, for this week in fantasy, for Sigma Loom, thank you so much for sticking with a very sporadic season of this week in fantasy.